Hey friends, this is Jeffrey Wu with the Health Via Modern Nutrition h for men podcast. And this week, I'm super excited to talk to a good friend of one of our top uh, team members on the team. So if you've done anything in terms of products, supply chain, all the logistics, that's actually Max's handiwork over at HVMN. And he had heard about Greg's project in terms of uh, his endurance performance here. So we heard his story, super excited to support and then nerd out on the, the physiology and endurance of what Greg's about to embark on. So Greg, honored to have you on the program. Hey, thank you so much. Uh, it means a lot for me to be able to uh, just tell everybody a little bit about what I'm doing, get to open uh, you know, some eyes to some new, uh, new things that we have going on over here and get everybody excited about Saturday when we take off to do this thing. Yeah, so I, w- I want you to tell us. So what is this journey you're about to embark on? <laughs> Yeah, so um, it's called USA Cancer Cycle, and uh, we're pretty excited to make it a nationwide spectacle and give everybody the chance to see. I'm going to bike from Jacksonville, Florida to San Diego, California, up to uh, the Mount Rainier area of Washington, so right around Seattle, straight across to Maine, and then home to Jacksonville, Florida. So in full, it's going to be 11,500 miles. You're just shy, uh, and it's going to take six months to do. So that's the goal. And if everything goes according to plan and, uh, you know, I put uh, all the routing and procedures in place that I need to, we'll be home in six months with some awesome stories to share. Why? <laughs> Once you say that, it's like, uh, wow, that, that's definitely, you know, when talking about endurance, you're talking about uh, 11,000 miles, six months. That's not just physiological endurance, but also mental endurance. Tell us what instigated this idea. And if it ties into your background, your backstory, uh, let's let's paint the the context here. Sure, sure. So we, we got to go way back. Um, kind of couple different avenues that brought this thing all together. My aunt passed when I was 17. Her name was Melody. And, uh, you know, from a personal standpoint, I, I really never got over how I handled that situation. I was 17 years old and I had no idea what I was doing and I didn't spend near enough time with her as I should. Uh, she was one of my favorite people. Uh, and in that moment, I, I kind of didn't have a grasp of reality of how much it meant to spend time with your loved ones. Uh, you know, you kind of fast forward today as we get older and we know almost an unlimited amount of people. If it's not in our family, our direct family, then it's friends that have been affected by cancer, uh, or at least somebody in your network that you know that you care about. So it's something that everybody can kind of rally behind. And then it kind of comes into play at the same time with The Who. And The Who is Chemo Noir. They're a nonprofit cancer charity here in the Jacksonville area. And they provide direct financial compensation for individuals uh, that have been struck by cancer. Uh, They do everything from pay for medical bills that they can't afford to just being able to take them for groceries for their family when they're struggling financially. So we want the battle to always be the biggest battle, and that's the cancer battle. Never the little battles that the finances bring, uh, you know, with the absurdity that is the cost of uh, cancer treatments uh, in the United States. So uh, we try our hardest to help you focus on the main battle, and that's cancer, not any everything else that comes with it. And then the why, right? Like, why would anybody want to do this? Because, uh, you know, Things like this happen. Uh, people will bike from Jacksonville to San Diego. Uh, but the, the truth of the matter is I've never been able to find anybody that did the entire thing that I'm about to do. So uh, I really wanted to bring something special. 
I, I wanted to connect the communities of Jacksonville. I wanted to connect the communities nationwide to kind of bring this on a platform to see, uh, you know, that people are willing to go the extra lengths, uh, you know, to provide for the communities around us and to kind of bring us all together for something bigger than ourselves. So uh, I wanted to do something that people could grasp on. They, 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 they see it, they see it on a map and they're like, wait, you're going to bike that. Uh, and I just think it's going to be a blast to watch. So kind of wanted to provide a platform that everybody could follow the story. Everybody could get involved and then we could do something special on our home in here and give back to uh, cancer in our communities. Yeah. So there's uh, yeah, it, infinite ways to raise awareness to platform. Why cycling? Are you a, a super athlete? You know, this time of year, you know, what culminated in terms of whether it's life circumstance, timing, how did it all come together for us? Like, wow, like taking six months off, cycling, going cross country and back. I mean, just def like definitely interesting particulars. Yeah. Uh, so believe it or not, I'm not a cyclist. And I mean, not at all. Like I'm definitely a rookie cyclist. Uh, I'd say the farthest uh, before about 10 months ago when I started training, uh, I'd say the farthest that I got on a bike was maybe 15 miles. Like I'm talking full rookie cyclist. I'm a CrossFit athlete by, uh, by nature and by trade and by background, like a regional level competitor made it to Wadapalooza Elite last year. And that was kind of the pinnacle of my CrossFit journey. And I always wanted to reach that regional performance level. So I was very proud to make it last Last year. Uh, and then I started looking to change it up a little bit. You know, I wanted to do something to give back uh, and I wanted to do something to uh, be able to hone in on this fitness and, and give it to others and be able to utilize it for those who can't use it for themselves while I have it. So uh, we started then uh, kind of creating this platform. And once I got the wife involved and I told her what I wanted to do, don't get me wrong, she's not excited about it but she supports it. So uh, once she was on board, I went to Kat and I told her what I had in mind and we got to work. Started breaking down, you know, the training uh, platforms, the routing platforms, the nutritional standpoints, the actual donation platform, the website. It was just kind of this beautiful uh, congruence of ideas and marketing and uh, everything that came together to give us what we have uh, right now and what we're about to take off on on Saturday. Cool. Yeah. So obviously a lot of our audience is super interested in the nutrition and physiology side. So Let's start there and then evolve into the other parts and attributes of this of this project here. So definitely going from CrossFit, which is known to be much more anaerobic, much more bursty. I mean, doing 11,500 miles is uh, much more aerobic. So I imagine that your body composition has changed a lot going from, you know, when you're doing CrossFit, a lot of upper body strength type workouts to if you look at Tour de France riders, right? They have massive legs. And super scrawny upper body. So curious to again, like you know, seeing that evolution, and then just from a sports selection perspective, like, like you know, was cycling something that you thought was interesting from a marketing perspective or a physiology perspective? Because I can imagine that you could have chosen anything, right? Like you could just do like a million push-ups or <laughs> yeah, yeah. the ocean or run across the country. Or any, you know, an arbitrary endurance activity. So going back to the point, anything in particular on this specific event, either something, uh, a natural advantage that you might have in, in your physical aspect or anything that brought that, that, that conclusion. Yeah. So I, I think the actual answer is the opposite of that last point you made. I actually don't have a, uh, you know, that genetic advantage of cycling. You know, it's not in my background and I genuinely like challenging myself. 
Uh, so part of this was just brought on by the fact that I am not an experienced cyclist and I wanted to see if it was possible. When I, you know, first started on this endeavor, I thought, oh, CrossFit athlete, I can do anything I want. I was cocky about it. And thankfully, I took a hundred mile ride and Man, I, Jeff, I thought I had rhabdo. Like my body broke down. I couldn't feel my knees. Like everything was just not what it was supposed to be. So thankfully I didn't do that. You know, now I did that about 10 months ago. And I said, okay, let's break this down analysis wise by analysis wise. Let's start changing up the nutrition. Let's start changing up the platform of the training. Uh, let's start figuring out how to take care of my body in order to do this. And we, and I just kind of attacked those point by point by point and started figuring out how we could actually get this thing done. So no, I would say that uh, it's actually my own challenge to myself of why I selected this. But I do think biking is a cool platform to see this country. Uh, and if there was one way that I could choose to do it, I don't know if there's a cooler way than 14 to 17 miles an hour on the back of a bike being able to stop whenever you need to. You know, I've been around Jacksonville thousands of times. Me and my me and my wife love being out. We love going out and being a part of the community. And I've seen things in this last 10 months of training that I would have never seen before I saw it on a bike because you don't take the time to stop and really enjoy where you are unless you're slowing down a little bit and giving yourself the moment to realize how beautiful it is around you. So I think that's a lot of why I picked the bike and not something else uh, that I could have done it. You know, I've heard people running across the country and all of that. But to get back to the actual training changes, uh, believe it or not, um, I did keep crossfitting up until about three months ago. And, you know, I'm just one of those people who believes that strength is never a weakness. So I did continue to lift, but it was becoming counterproductive at one point where obviously I'm not going to keep on that mass, right? Like at my best, at my peak, I was probably 6'1", 220-225. Uh, I fully expect when I come back from this bike ride, if I had to project out knowing my body pretty well, 6'1", 185, 190 is going to sound pretty realistic when I get back. So there is going to be a massive amount of actual mass loss, one, due to the level of training, uh, due to the hours and just the calorie output, and two, just the shifting general principles of training. So obviously, uh, very limited strength training and just that consistent uh, endurance burn day to day. So I, I would be shocked if I I came back heavier than about 190, 195 when I get back uh, from general body composition. I could see about 30 pounds being shed off through this thing. Uh, still maintaining a, a decent amount of strength right now. Uh, upper body, I still, you know, we'll get some pull-ups in. We'll do those things. But obviously, everything will shift to the day-to-day -day maintenance of the ride once I'm on it uh, starting Saturday. So, uh, yeah, like you said, with the changing atmosphere, with the changing conditions comes that changing body uh, composition. And I expect it to be aggressively lighter when I get back to back to Jacksonville. Yeah. So break this down. So 11,500 miles over six months. What's the game plan? You're trying to do X miles a day, every single day. You're going to do five days a week. Walk us through how you're planning through the protocol. Sure. Yes, sir. Great question. Thank you for asking because uh, I, I put a lot of time into the best way to get there. And I knew not being an experienced cyclist and carrying 80 to 83 pounds of gear at any time, the mountains are going to be a nightmare. So I immediately kind of jumped into knowing that I was only going to be able to put in so much output in the mountains and then figure it out kind of backwards from there. So uh, as long as I put in about 35 to 45 miles on the crazy, crazy, 
crazy mountain days. Uh, and then I can sustain about 80 to 85 on the straight days. That would get me home in six months. So I work backwards from the hardest part, which is going to be those Pacific Northwest days up and down Mount Rainier, traversing through, you know, Colorado and the Boulder area as I get into some of the Southern Colorado tier. And then all of those mountain days that are going to take a lot out of me physically that I just have to put together enough mental endurance to get through. And then on the straight days, on the easy days, 85 miles is going to be a breeze. Can't wait to hit those open roads again. <laughs> Man, that sounds fun. So you're planning to go every single day then? Uh, oh, my, I'm sorry. I, I forgot the last part of that. So I do want to give myself some full rest days. It's looking at like a, a nine to 10 on one off to a full rest day. So uh, it'll probably be planned a lot around the route. So say that, um, you know, the first rest day I'm going to have, I'm going to do a lot of days in a row to start. I'm going to get some stuff under my belt because my father is actually going with me in a truck from Jacksonville to Austin, Texas. He, he just wants to make sure I haven't uh, miscalculated anything. I haven't, you know, forgot to purchase something. He wants me to have the truck available those first two weeks in case of so, uh, some emergencies. So perfect. Yeah, I was going to ask, like, were you going to be supported along the way? Because I, I didn't realize you're, you're going to carry 85 pounds in your back. I interrupted. Like, I want to talk about your 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 go bag. Oh, no doubt. Absolutely. I, yeah, I'm excited to. Uh, but yeah, so that'll be the one time that I am supported. My father will be with me from Jacksonville to Austin. And then after that, it's completely solo. You know, some people have reached out like, hey, can I ride with you here? I'd love to put in a couple days. And I'm like, bring it on. You know, absolutely. That's going to be a blast to get to meet people along the way. Some people have reached out with housing, with meals, with the whole nine. So that's been really cool to see this community already come together to, you know, offer those accommodations. It's been awesome. So my dad's doing to get back to a Jacksonville to Austin. And so we'll have that truck there in case of emergencies or I miscalculated something or what, whatever, right? That'll be my first rest day. I'm going to put in 14 straight days to start. And then I'm taking a full rest day with my dad in Austin to kind of enjoy, to kind of reset mentally and to kind of get going uh, that next day. So uh, hopefully it's not snowing in Austin by then. I don't know what's going on right now, but you know, it couldn't be yeah. more terrifying with this weather. Yeah, it'll be about a nine day off. I'm sorry, a nine day on, 10 day on, one day off uh, protocol. And that's just to keep my body sharp. I mean, ask any athlete, even endurance athlete, high performing or, uh, you know, a twitch type two fiber athlete, whatever the case is, uh, you need to rest days, you got to repair, you got to recover. And that's just me trying to take care of myself and make sure that I'm ready for, you know, 180 days of this, not just 10 days of this. Yeah. No, I mean, that's super wise. I'm, I'm curious as you get to kind of define your parameters, how aggressive you're pushing, because yeah, I mean, when you're doing kind of the Tour de France, style which is i mean you're it's pretty comparable right like you know it's a 180 days it's more like 30 days but they're doing pretty mountainous terrain up to it's like you know 100 150 miles per day i mean that's like professional level but you're doing like three times longer right like the tour de france like 2500 miles or so i mean this is like four or five times longer so I mean, comparison. this is like very aggressive and i'm a hobbyist cyclist and you know, it's in Bay Area is beautiful cycling. So if you ever make, I mean, I'm, I don't know if you know, San Diego is uh, not quite, probably not going to be on your route to get over to the Bay Area. But uh, yeah, I mean, 30, 40 miles is like a solid day out, right? And then a century, 100 miles is like, 
you're, you're not going to be able to do that even if you're a fit person unless like you put some time on the bike. Absolutely. Yeah, dude. You know, you have to teach that body mechanisms and that machine like ability to just repeat over and over and over again. And I thought that that was always there. That first hundred miler that I did, I thought you could just do that. And you, you absolutely can't. I mean, your core will break down. Your back will break down from the angle. Your knees will break down. Your ankles will break down. You have to put in time on the bike to be able to have a lot of time on the bike. So that's what I've tried to accumulate aggressively over the last 10 months. Just to, to speak to uh, the, the location, though, I do shoot straight across to San Diego, and that's about as uh, obviously as south as I will go in, in California. And then I go straight up the Pacific Coast Highway. So just throwing it out there, if there's any consideration to getting in 20 or 30 miles with you, it'd be my pleasure. I'd love to have you join for a little bit one day. Oh, that'd be fun. Okay, let me know when, when that time is. And yeah, let's hit the road together. Um, there's definitely, like I would say, a strong contingent of uh, cyclists that I'm sure listen to this podcast that would be interested in, in supporting and uh, giving you a little bit of a Peloton or something to give you some air. Break. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, if, if that is the case, uh, I just want to let everybody know. I'm sure we'll get to that later. But uh, while we're talking about the cyclists listening, if you ever do want to join, the entire route that I'm going to be taking is in my uh, profile. So whether that be on TikTok or Instagram, or you find the Facebook account or the website, the entire, I mean, road by road route of what I'm going to be taking. If you guys ever want to join for a day, please take a look and uh, shoot me a message. I'd love to have you join for, uh, you know, one day, two days or 10 miles. It doesn't matter. It'd be fun to have uh, anybody that wants to come come. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, 100%. We'll definitely have those links and uh, stay up to date as you're embarking on this shortly. Yeah, let's talk about the go bag. I think one thing that kind of interesting, but I've been somewhat side project just thinking about like resilient, self-sufficiency go bags. I mean, okay, like how are you planning through that? I mean, 85 pounds is no joke on your back. Like I, I didn't you know, think that far in terms of, okay, you can bike, you usually are very, very light. You're trying to reduce as much weight as possible. Not very many cyclists are carrying that much weight on their back or, or yeah, on their yeah. bike. So talk us through that. What are you carrying? So I do want to, I do want to, uh, I might've misspoke. So uh, it is just on the bike itself. I actually don't prefer the backpack because it kind of puts my spine at a weird angle. Uh, I like to be a little bit forward and not pulling back with that weight. So I carry in different ways on the bike itself. I have panniers over uh, all four tires. So that's going to be four decent sized bags over all the tires, the tent, the sleeping bag, the sleeping pad, all of the sleeping stuff is then attached to the back uh, with some really heavy duty bungee cords, I guess you would call them, but they're just like perfectly manufactured straps to fit it. And then one more, uh, I call it a personal bag up front over the handlebars, which is, you know, uh, allows me to throw snacks in so I can snack on the ride. Uh, so I never have to stop. It has all my maps, all my money, all my credit card, like all that stuff, right? It has the important stuff up front. So anything and everything that you could think of to self-sustain on a camping trip, I probably have on that bike. So that means everything from cycling clothes to, you know, casual off the bike clothes to bike equipment to be able to make sure that I can fix something on the fly to uh, bike repair to hygiene and medical purposes. So like we said, all the tinting and camping stuff and then, you know, miscellaneous as well. So whatever, oh, and water. Don't forget it. You got you to be able to have some water on the ride. So, you know, different people attack it different ways, but I just feel very comfortable with the setup that I have. And I fully do feel uh, my goal. I, I'm not like a mechanical cyclist, right? My goal is just always to be able to make it to the next city, whether that be a blown tire, I can always replace it. A chain, I can always get that chain link out and get it fixed. If a gear goes down, guess what? I'm not carrying 
in it. I have to just find a way to get to the next city uh, and get it fixed at the next bike shop. So the goal is always for me and how I ride is just to get it to the next bike shop. And I fully feel comfortable that I know enough about my own equipment to always be able to get it there. Nice. No, I, I mean, that helps paint the totality of this project. I mean, okay, you're going to be camping out in the, under the stars for a lot of these nights out. I mean, you're going to be cold and hopefully, yeah, the little polar vortex, wherever this thing is, <laughs> you're not going to be freezing your butt out there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm from Naples, Florida. I can't do this. I, I'm not looking forward to the 30s, 40s, and 50s. I'd rather sweat the entire time. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, I mean, any any other contingencies? I think when I've been thinking more on just survival and go bags, self-defense, anything else in terms of like flares, satellite phones, like... Any uh, any other things that you're kind of considering? Yeah. Uh, as, yeah, you'll be essentially solo in the wilderness on, you know, surviving. I mean, yeah. just, it's not just survival as like an uh, endurance project at, at this point. Right. Uh, so I will have a self-defense kit. I, I just for security reasons, I don't like going like too crazy deep into it. But uh, I do feel like when whatever situation I could possibly find myself in, whether that be human beings or animals, I'll be fully protected. Um, you know, uh, I am carrying a bear spray, just so you know. So uh, if I have to come face to face with a bear, I'm not about to take it on. I'm spraying and running. So I'm hoping <laughs> for the best on that. But uh, yeah, yeah I, I do have a, a complete survival kit for personal protection on the bike as well. That's one of the things that's readily accessible and you know all while doing this you try and cut down like you were saying every ounce possible so i've streamlined this thing i've repacked the bike probably 10 to 12 times just to see if there's an ounce i can cut off a shirt i can cut off there a jacket i can cut off here because yeah especially when we get into some of those different terrains every ounce is going to matter so pretty much everything i have on this bike i fully feel like i need to complete the journey yeah no i've just been spending some time with former military vets and just say you know as you're just doing these long rucks and these long endurance events, I mean, ounces turn into pounds. So mm -hmm. absolutely. Yeah. But it's, it's a very interesting trade off where it's like, yeah, I would want everything, including yeah. a computer. Right. <laughs> right, right. You know? And it's like, well, that, yeah, that's going to make you that entire trip much more difficult. Cause yeah, I mean, while it's not on your back, it's still definitely going to affect your uh, power to weight ratio, which will definitely each of those pounds are going to suck when you're going up a mountain. Whew, it's good. It's tough. And, you know, uh, like I'm, I'll be on the streets of Jacksonville and I'll, I'll see road cyclists with the carbon fiber bikes, uh, mine steel frame, just cause it has to support the weight the entire way. And, yeah. uh, I'll see the, the carbon cyclist and like, you know, their sleek, uh, helmets and everything going by me at like 22, 23 miles an hour. And I'm like, man, if we switch bikes, I guarantee you, I can pass you as well. You know, they always give me that look and I'm like, come on, man, I'm carrying some weight here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So talk us through the, the nutrition side. So I know that you've been looking at more low carb ketogenic, more just durable aerobic fueling. Talk us through your journey there and how you're preparing food, right? Like I imagine you'll kind of be restocking along the way, not necessarily carrying all the food that you're going to be consuming uh, all at once, right? So talk us through that side of house. Yeah, you described it perfectly. So my goal and intention is to, uh, you know, the general rule of thumb is to use what is around you, right? So uh, I do have the budget for meals, which is very nice. Like I was able to, um, with the help of my sponsors uh, and the money that I had put away, uh, I do have the budget to have meals. Not everything has to be snacks. If I get into a city that night, I'll be eating a huge meal when I get there. But for me personally, as an athlete, I hate performing when I am just saturated with food and calories. So I actually probably probably daily in 
enter that ketogenic state. And uh, actually, Max, uh, that he had mentioned earlier, guys that Jeff had mentioned on his team, Max Colligue, provided me some of your ketogenic bars that I've been messing with uh, more and more through my trips and that I'm going to be uh, using uh, on on the rides because I like staying light. You know, I'll, I'll get about 50 miles in for the day, make sure that I'm getting those nutrients replenished. There are some tablets that get you all of your... Um, Oh my gosh, I'm blanking on the word electrolytes, yep. uh, you know, in your water and they just melt quickly. So that keeps me light, but it keeps me yep. nourished. It keeps me getting all my water. And then I'll, I'll throw in like, uh, you know, a bar. One of your bars have been awesome for training these last two months when I've been using them. Uh, I've been experimenting with your shakes uh, that I use at the house but I won't be able to carry it just because of the weight. I've decided not to take the shakes with me. The bars, however, are all making the trip. Uh, I'm not just saying this because I'm on your podcast. That um, chocolate, um, the spicy chocolate one is unbelievable. It's one of my favorite bars I've ever had. So That's my uh, favorite. Awesome. We're, we have similar tastes. Good, yeah, good man, those are those are changing the game for me. I've really enjoyed them about 50 miles in. It gives me just that little bit of burst to get to the end of it, put in that last two miles, and then I go for a big, big meal at the end. So I do carb replenish at the end. You know, I'll, I'll be eating everything from, uh, you know, again, use what's available. So if that's a ridiculous barbecue meal, I'll be putting in some ridiculous barbecue meal. But, you know, if I have the option of eating as clean as I can, I'm going to try my hardest to eat as clean as I can. But sometimes that's just not realistic. You know, the goal at the end of those days is to be able to just take in as much caloric input as I possibly can to be able to sustain it for the next day. So, um, you know, stay extremely light through the meal, a little bit of a snack, completely nourished, you know, with the water and with the electrolytes. Then you go nuts on some calories after you try and uh, replenish whatever you can just to prepare yourself and sustain for for 75 to 85 miles that next day yeah no that's very very sensible very very pragmatic i think there are folks who i think are just too dogmatic on being super super ketogenic or low carb and i think when you're doing something as intense with that much physical demand i mean you just do not want to be calorically deficit you're going to break down muscle you're going to just injure yourself so i think at the core fuel and fuel optimally, but I think at the minimum, you got to fuel. So if it's just like, you got to eat pure sugar, like you got to just do whatever calories you got to do just to uh, not be burning through lean muscle tissue. Yeah. And, and to, to be fair, you know, like right now, those 80 mile days are feeling great. Like I have no problem. They're just a steady day. Uh, you know, that 50 miles hit one of your bars or hit a quick snack and then finish has been good. But who knows what that looks like when the heat gets up to to 95 and I'm breaking down, maybe I will need that sugar replenishment at mile 50 to be able to just get through it to get to, uh, you know, a huge meal at the end. So as the environment changes, I'm sure that my um, plan of attack and my plan of nutrition will have to change with it. But right now I feel super, super steady with, uh, you know, the plan that I put in place. And uh, honestly, uh, about two months ago, when Max sent me those bars, you guys have been a big change that I've made. So it's been pretty nice to be able to implement it directly uh, uh, into my plan. That's super awesome to hear, man. Yeah, I think that sounds like you're just like quite metabolically flexible where you're able to just switch on and off and just dip into your fat reserves or go ketogenic pretty, pretty quickly. And I think that's been one of the interesting areas around just the latest sports science out of ketogenic diets, just reduced inflammation and pants recovery. So that's one of the key strategies that a lot of like our uh, endurance athlete friends that are, you know, competing at the Tour de France are looking at a ketogenic strategy for. So it sounds like, especially with your event, which is like even more long duration, 
reducing inflammation, recovering faster is a key element here. Man, it couldn't be bigger. Uh, when I told you I did that 100 miler, I didn't think I was ever going to squat again. Like I felt like my knees were, were breaking in half. You know what I mean? Like I just had no idea what was going on. And remember, like I'm a performance athlete, like I squat every single day. So uh, I had to get that figured out real quick. And uh, I actually reached out to, uh, I, I think you guys know them directly. He said that uh, he knew of your brand, uh, The Ready State, Kelly Sturette. He, he wrote Becoming a Supple Leopard. And he is, you know, one of the bigger names in like the PT world and functional mobility. And they got me hooked up on their program. And within, you know, two weeks, I was seeing instant changes to not only output and performance, but actually just feeling better physically after I got off rides. So I haven't felt that knee pain. And, uh, you know, it could be it could be an accumulation of things. Maybe it is that little bit of uh, being in a ketogenic state during my actual output. But it also is probably just, uh, you know, being more fundamentally mobile through what I need to get this done. Uh, it's changed everything, including uh, just the way that my knees feel on a day to day basis when putting in the big miles. Yeah. I mean, again, it's like super impressive. Again, just like just matching my personal experience as a hobbyist cyclist. I mean, doing 80, 100 miles day after day after day after day. For 10, I mean, that just sounds like tough. So what was the training protocol? I mean, like if people are inspired to follow in Greg's footsteps here, what is the, what is like a realistic ramp in terms of, okay, I, I cycle, you know, once a weekend, do 40, 50 miles and it's a good day out to, uh, hey, I can start banging out sentries for two weeks in a row. Sure. Yeah, I know. So for me, it was the intensity that put it through the roof. Uh, I was fortunate enough to train on a Peloton. My mom actually gave me hers because she never used it. and It was just being idle. So I got hooked up with a cycling coach out of Seattle, actually. His name is Thomas. Uh, and out of the kindness of his heart, he wanted to see me succeed at what I was doing. And he didn't think I was going about it the right way. Uh, and he said, let's take a step back. And I, I want you to do it like this if you trust me. And I feel like this is going to put you in a good position. So we took three long rides a week. Uh, and that's anything over 60 is what we did for our long rides. And our only rules was we just had to sit at one consistent pace. We did not have to kill the day. We did not have to go for any PRs. We just had to get over 60 miles and we just had to keep it at one pace the entire time. However you felt that day, uh, make sure to feel your body out and just keep it consistent. And then we utilize the Peloton twice a day for a long time. So obviously uh, add in some rest days. Your body does have to grow and recover. That's when we become stronger is when we rest. Uh, we all know that basic function, but for the most part, we were hitting Peloton uh, two times a day. So probably about, I would say 10 times a week for interval interval sessions to be able to get me uh, in the position where I need to attack those hills. So, 60 minute sessions for the Peloton? Yeah, yeah. So um, it, it would usually be a, um, a 60 minute high, high, high intensity. So one of, uh, you know, like the power zone maxes or like the Tabatas, uh, but it had to be over 45 minutes. So it was anything 45 minutes to 60 minutes. Uh, and then directly after you would do a 60 minute power zone endurance so that you felt that sustainable output after. So uh, yeah, no, uh, Peloton was a huge training tool. And I think it's really what put me over the edge. It got to feeling where 60 miles was just more of a mental endurance test than it ever was a physical endurance test. So it took to where, you know, you're, you're training multiple things here. Jeff, you got to remember that there's a difference between mental toughness, which I felt like I always had in CrossFit, right? Like, man, I can sit in pain for seven minutes and, you know, I, I can lift weights with the best of them and I'm never dropping that barbell. Like that's mental toughness to be able to sit in that pain. But mental endurance of being able to sit on a bike 
for six hours and be okay with that is a completely different animal. I did not have that when I started. And it's something that I had to learn through training of how to attack. So not only were we attacking the physical aspects of being able to keep that output, but we were also attacking the mental wherewithal to, to want to sit there for six hours and to be okay with it. So even if your body doesn't break down, we all know that your mind breaks down well, well before your body does. So uh, if you don't have that asset of mental endurance, uh, you're never going to be able to take on something like this. Yeah, I mean, that's a perfect segue. I want to talk about the mental aspect here. And yeah, like, just like, again, just give context. I'm just like visualizing if I were to like mash that schedule. I mean, two days is serious, right? It's just like, like that is professional athlete level kind of training protocols. And I think most of us are just happy to get that one work at a day. I think oftentimes that is great for just general fitness and wellness, right? Just do something every single day, but two a day pretty seriously. It's like, okay, like you're super serious here. So can you, can you walk us through that mental endurance, mental resiliency? I think when you're talking to, when I talk to Ironman champions or Buddhist monks or military operators, I, I feel like they all hit a similar state of Zen enlightenment or flow. And my hypothesis is that they're all talking about the same thing. And they all have their own rituals and protocols to get there, whether that's through prayer or meditation, whether that's like a repetitive uh, movement and training where they're in tune with their teammates and they just are in flow. Or it's just like they're hitting some endorphin mental state when they're doing, you know, seven hours of running and they're just hitting some high. Curious to unpack that side of house because I imagine that as you're going to be doing this, it's going to be as spiritual or pseudo religious or what do you want to talk about? It, there's probably going to be that level of like mental clarity that happens with something so challenging. So curious to unpack and, and dive into that aspect. Me too. It's, it's, it's a serious side that, you know, to be completely honest with you, Jeff, I'm not fully, I don't know what to expect from that side. And I'm super excited to experience it for myself personally. So I wish that I could give you a detailed breakdown of like, here's what I expect in my personal involvement and my personal takeaways spiritually and emotionally from this, but I have no idea. And, and I don't know if there could be a better way and a more fun way to enter this. Honestly, I feel like I've done whatever I can in the last 10 months, which sure, I wish I'd been training for this for three years, right? Like that would be the better, but uh, whatever I could have done the last 10 months, I feel like I've given it my absolute all to put myself in a position to be able to do this journey in six months. But uh, when we talk about you know, the, the Zen, the flow state, which is my favorite flow state. I love when we talk about, uh, you know, that long-term, you know, takeaway and spiritual, uh, experience that you're going to have. I can't wait for that. I want to experience for myself what that is. So that would be one of those that I would probably have to, you know, talk with you again after and let you know, like, what were those takeaways that I was able to, uh, kind of hone in on the day to day was what I looked for out of the day. I know that personally for myself, the one thing that I can speak on is through my training on the long days, that flow like state hits every single time. Now I'm, I, I've, I've gotten so machine-like uh, again, take into account I'm in Jacksonville, Florida. So it is, it is fl as flat as possible. All I have to focus on is staying safe and keeping that machine-like movement. Right. But there will be entire 
25 mile sections where I get lost in music or I get lost in a podcast or I'm truly listening to the book on tape that I'm listening to. And I don't even think about the physical side of things anymore. I may feel a gust of wind that, uh, you know, puts me off course and uh, I lose a little bit of miles per hour in that second. So I'll try and get right back on cadence, but I will absolutely lose moments of time for 20 to 25 mile stretches where I am lost in whatever it is that I'm listening to. So uh, I expect that to only gain substantially while I'm out there. And I expect my own experiences with nature, my own experiences with with my surroundings and my own experiences with myself to be heightened fully uh, during this. Uh, um, I've seen these Jacksonville streets a thousand times over the last 10 months. So I'm sure that when I'm experiencing new endeavors and uh, when I'm experiencing new horizons, literally, it's going to be, you know, a complete loss of self and Hopefully I have that moment of awareness of what I'm doing and who I'm doing it for and, you know, really everything that's being involved in this project. So I'm sure that those moments of flow and those moments of losing where I am will uh, will be there. Uh, and hopefully I can take away from them uh, just how truly special all of this is. 100%. Yeah, excited to have you back on and, and describe the, 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 the post-mortem here. In terms of, not to make it more about it, as I was saying, it was like the, the post celebration how about that we'll keep it positive um, <laughs> yeah there we go i like that <laughs> so one of the things that i think what you mentioned which is that ability to focus on one single topic and i think especially in our modern super short attention span culture no one even does anything for that long of a duration so i'm curious as you engage in this kind of patient long-form project where it's a long-form conversation long-form bike ride I think it feels like there's just a bifurcation of where society and where culture is going, where I think people do appreciate these kind of longer form conversations. It's not like a three minute Fox News soundbite argument fest. I'm curious, as you've just been focused on like very, very singular focused things uh, every single day, does that understanding that maturity flow into your day to day life? I mean, do you, when you talk to your friends, or you talk to your wife or your family members, is there that personality shift? That has come with a deeper self-awareness or is that just over extrapolating here? Wow. No, that's, that's super powerful. I don't know if it's uh, directly brought about character traits that I didn't have before or more just accentuated ones that were maybe a little bit more uh, surface level than they were something that you would notice if you're around me. So I do think that I have had uh, a drastic uptick in my empathy. Being involved in Kimo Noir itself has given me the awareness of what goes on in, in things that I don't see. So we have a, you know, a terrible habit as human beings to only care about things when they affect you directly. And I think think that my ability to empathize with things that don't re reflect my reality. Fortunately, you know, no one in my direct family right now has cancer, but cancer is affecting millions of people right now in this country and hundreds of thousands of people in the city of Jacksonville. So I think my keen awareness to be able to focus on the bigger issues at hand has, has elevated substantially through this. And I think a large majority of that is because I've be, been able to create a community around this ride. You know, it's no longer a ride for Greg Taylor to do something cool. It is USA Cancer Cycle. It's a group of like-minded individuals and it's a group of like-minded people who want to put this on a platform for excellence, who want to bring this to a national audience, uh, and who want to showcase something cool that we as a group are doing. So it's no longer Greg Taylor. Uh, I've been able to 
fully understand that I'm writing for so many more people than myself at this point. This project has reached a point and a, a you know a precipice, and hopefully we only continue to accelerate it with growth. But uh, it's reached a point where it's no longer anything about me. Uh, it's about the community that's evolved itself and made USA Cancer Cycle possible. So I will say that maybe my most drastic awareness of myself so far has just been the amount of empathy that I'm able to have with everybody around me. So I care about the people that are right next to me, but I'm also having a a greater, greater sense of caring about the people that I'm never going to meet uh, that need our help just as much as the people that I do know directly. Yeah, it's super cool. And I think we need more people like yourself showing the human empathy side of house. Because I think the great thing about technology is that and, and of individual freedom is that we can go pursue our own dreams and be in our own little silos. I think the reversion is that now we miss that community, act, like being with like your tribe and just thinking a little bit of just extrapolating and, 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 and thinking through what you're about to embark on. I think one of the most rewarding experiences recently was being able to visit different military bases in random parts of America that would no one normally would go to and like see these small town uh, American towns and talk to the people. And there's something... I think unifying about realizing that we're all like really the same, we have the same goals, same problems. A lot of like the political antagonism is just that kind of BS. I think if you talk to like the average person, like everyone kind of agrees on the same general principles. And then we're just so polarized with all the technology, information, social media, that's kind of the sound bites that really just like divides us. You know, this could be something that hopefully helps us bridge our country in, in, in some cultural template, right? So I think we need more shared narratives, shared experiences. I, 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 broadening out this conversation, it just feels like, you know, as you're going across America, like I would say that like a lot of people don't even understand like what, you know, the other half of the country is doing, right? Like there's not even a shared definition of what America is. Cause like not, no one really even does the same hobbies or interests. So like just having kind of these unifying narratives or experiences, we just need more people like you trying to bridge and help redefine a modern American experience. Man, that was that that, that last sentence. I, I want word for word of what you just said. That was so beautifully put. Uh, the way that I've been trying to describe it on my side is connecting the communities, right? So I've been trying super hard in Jacksonville alone, because obviously that's my direct outreach for now, uh, is to connect the business industry. It's to connect the brewery industry. It's connect the fitness industry, the cycling community, and everything in between. But on a broader sense of what you're talking about, this is connecting the American working force in Topeka, Kansas with somebody that they're never going to meet in San Diego, California, who for the most part are having the exact same struggles day in and day out. So if we could just be a little bit better at caring about the person that you're never going to meet, as opposed to caring about the people directly around you, I feel like we'd be in such a much better in tune zone. I guarantee you that as much as we hated ourselves and the other person and the other party in 2020, we can come back from that and be better people in 2021. So if there's a single thing that I want to inspire with this, uh, it's exactly what we're touching on right now, that we are more alike than we are different. And we have to start thinking about the bigger picture of what America is and what the people themselves can bring to each other in terms of not only prosperity, but just a general kindness that we're lacking in so many parts of the country right now. Not That's not geographical. That's, that's in a broader sense politically. That's in a broader sense economically. That's in a broader sense of taking care of our bodies fitness-wise. That's in the healthcare industry. We just flat out, have to find a way to be kinder to each other in all of these struggles. Yeah. 
well said. And I think it is going to be, I think, the challenge of our generation of our time where my sense of it in terms of historical lens is that we've had Pax Americana, you know, like the golden age of America post-World War II when literally the entire rest of the world is basically destroyed, right? And now it's like, where are we on that historical path? Are we going to have a slow spiral? Are we going to have a sudden crash? Or can we maintain, you know, a golden era longer, right? And and I think we're just humble enough that you don't get a golden age for free, right? Like there, there needs to be contribution, effort. You have to deserve it. I, I, I think ultimately we have to deserve it as a people, right? And I think my suspicion is that in some ways we've succeeded for so long that we as American people are complacent with our position. And there are so many people that are hungry, striving, working hard, grinding it out. And we're a little bit soft now. And I, that's why I like physical challenges as a proxy for resilience, because a lot, there's not a lot of challenges. I mean, there's like economic challenges and all that, and not to, not to discount that, but in terms of just like as a child, as you're brought up, there's not a lot of like just challenges or rites of passage anymore. Sure. Where I think it's been very, very important through traditional tribes. Like there's rites of passage for men and for women. And like you really earn your status as an adult versus a child. And you can make the argument that the college or university is kind of that modern rite of passage. But I think it's a very, very weak form of that because that university system, that college system is now very much like four years of partying versus a true challenge, right? This is kind of like, you kind of got to just pay, get student debt, hang out, go party for four years to get a like, degree. And I think a lot of us are just saying, hey, like that stuff's not even super useful. And I think that's a lot of discussion around education reform. So I think what you're doing is like a very useful proxy of saying, hey, like we need to have just challenges, whether it's physical, mental, something to re-earn like almost self-respect in some ways, because I think again, not a lot of us just challenge ourselves enough. Yeah. And, you know, this this could be, you know, part of the whole participation trophy uh, culture, right? So we have no idea what it's like to actually strive to fight for something because we're always being rewarded with just being just being there kind of thing, right? And maybe this, you know, I'm never going to be able to be that guy who inspires with or 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 invokes change myself through my finances, right? Like I'm never going to have, you know, the millions to be able to reinvest into um, political reform or uh, educational reform. Like that's probably not coming from me. So maybe, just maybe, I'll be able to inspire and invoke a little bit of change emotionally, mentally of how we process challenges, mentally of how we process what the human body is capable of, how we process what mentally we can do if we're steadfast about the approach of what we believe in and the passions that we kind of want to follow. So maybe this is my way of uh, trying to create, you know, that vision that, you know, we do need to challenge ourselves. We do need to be better than we were in our last generation and that we are continuing to strive to put forward the America that we want, uh, not that our, the generation before wanted. So yeah, hopefully, you know, if there's a single person that might be able to you know, create those massive changes that I'm talking about that I can't, maybe I can help to inspire them. You know what I mean? And, and, and collectively, we're more like-minded than we're not. You know, it might not be me who makes the uh, the educational reform changes, but who knows? Hopefully I can inspire a group that may be the ones to be able to do that. So that would be, you know, one of those uh, long-term incredible goals that would be there for me. Yeah. I mean, we're society, right? We're all contributing to the tapestry of America and we need Folks standing up, doing interesting things, leading from where they lead to inspire, educate, challenge, wake people up from complacency. So I think it's just like, let's, I mean, I think part of this is that, you know, who knows, maybe you will 
do all of that, right? Like, don't even count yourself short where it's like, we're all relatively young in our careers. Maybe this is like one project that goes another project, goes another project. And man, maybe you're just running everything. And that, like, that'd be great. Honestly, Jeff, who knows what's after this, man? Uh, I think the wife would laugh at me if I said, uh, there's another six month thing coming. But seriously, who knows what the next project is and, and how much we can inspire from that point. So yeah, hopefully this is just the beginning of a, you know, a huge, uh, you know, up ramp for myself personally. And uh, for us as, a, us as a generation, us as a people and us to just be better than we were last year and kind of in this whole general feeling and culture that we're in right now. Yeah, no, exactly. I think that's why when Max brought up your your mission, your story here, it's like, yeah, we got to support one just from any any friend of our, our part of our tribe is a friend, but just like to what you're doing, especially in terms of the physical challenge and the mental resilience of doing such a challenge, just super shared alignment just on, on the challenge itself, but just like the broader core principles of why you're even doing that. So yeah, I mean, hopefully this will just be one project of many that you embark on. So yeah, how, do, how does this play out? I mean, like, yeah, not to like discount what the challenge is ahead, but is this something that you can see as a, like as, as a repeat where you're inspiring other people to do the same exact route is something that can turn into probably not annually. <laughs> is this a one-time thing that then you move on to the next project? Is this going to be like some sort of community that that is more, that endures after this project? Is it just sort of see how this thing evolves and grows? Is there like a broader master plan beyond just like, hey, can I survive the next six months? Evolving uh, would be the best way to encapsulate uh, where it goes from here. Uh, it's so new and so fresh and something so outrageous, I guess, that most people are just going to hear and just be like, what? Like, what would just help me out? Say that again, right? And then you explain it to them. Uh, so it's just kind of this evolving process that I think it's so new for so many people to see something like this, and it will take shape itself over the next six months. I think that, uh, you know, what I have open to me right now in terms of uh, a presence or uh, whatever quick uh, spotlight that I have in the USA Cancer Cycle has is just beginning uh, as we start this ride. And what, what, what I hopefully come back to and am able to open doors for when I get back to create newer and bigger horizons for where this could be. I, I think they're just beginning. But I do know unequivocally that somebody will do this challenge and they will beat me. Somebody with a real cycling background who wants to say, hey, I bet I can do this thing in four months in a week. I guarantee you that they'll take this on. They'll use my exact same route. And hopefully uh, in some ways, USA Cancer Cycle, the original, the pioneering trip where I set out to do this in six months can be remembered. And it'll be called, you know, the USA Cancer Cycle route. I don't to be called the great Taylor route. I don't care at all about that. But as long as they keep the principles of what it was started for uh, and giving back to those around them, then I, I'd be super proud that, uh, you know, somebody chose to to bring it back and to, to challenge, uh, you know, hopefully what's a six month record at the end of it. Uh, and I guarantee you it'll be broken. Uh, I guarantee you somebody do this much sooner, much faster, much cleaner, much better, probably with, uh, you know, better videos to, to boot. So yeah, I think uh, what, what what's coming from it is just beginning. But at the end of the day, I know that this will be repeated and I know that somebody will absolutely kick my butt for sure. <laughs> no, but it takes that first person to just define it. And uh, there's some, there's absolutely value for being the pioneer here. And I mean, it's it's starting to get traction, right? Like I'm just looking at your TikTok. I mean, you got, you know, millions of likes and, you know, start, you know let's get you to 100,000 fans and followers on TikTok soon and other channels. I mean, what is your game plan in terms of just updating on the journey, uh, I presume, hey, like most of the time, you're just going to be focused on actually doing the, the job here. But I'm sure people want to follow along on a daily basis. Like what's the what's the update plan like? 
Yeah, uh, I've actually put a ton of time into that side because to be honest with you, the social media aspect is on me. So GoPro has been an awesome sponsor. We were able to get all of our equipment through them for some cool videos. So uh, when it is downtime, I have two battery packs, one of them that has to be plugged into a wall. So it'll be charged every time I'm in a city and one of them that is uh, solar and it's kind of the emergency backup for my phone. But uh, I do have some instruments to be able to make sure that every single person that follows along on every single social media will be updated daily. And I take that just as seriously as I take the challenge itself. Like we've been talking about, I want people to be inspired by this. You can't get inspired unless you share what you're doing. So I want people to see the people I meet. I want people to be able to experience the foods that I get to try. I want people to be part of the different cultures that I get to be uh, involved in for that day or that week or whatever the case is. I want you to see the majestic beauty of this country uh, you know, uh, from an actual physical standpoint. And I take that very seriously as a, as a serious challenge to showcase where I am, what I'm doing, uh, and who I got to experience it with. So that's my promise to you guys is I'm not only giving this everything I have physically to get it done in six months, uh, I'm going to give you every piece of myself mentally as well to make sure that every single one of the, uh, you know, the social medias is updated and uh, gives you a chance to follow along and be part of the, uh, the ride itself. I'll have TikTok, Instagram. Uh, if you want to join the Facebook group, it's a little bit more personal, but you are absolutely more than welcome. It's called USA Cancer Cycle. It'll just be a lot of my close friends here in Jacksonville, but I'll share. I'm sure I'll share some different stuff there than I do on the others. Uh, and then the website itself, www.usacancercycle.com. That's where the shirts are available, uh, the donation platform. But this is just, sorry, to tie it all together. I will absolutely challenge myself to update daily every single one of those so you guys can follow along and have a great time doing it. 100%. And then are you are you reporting in like power metrics? I know that some of our audience members are super nerds. I think they were just like astounded when uh, Lance Armstrong was talking about like averaging 600 watts plus for like when he was at this like super enhanced peak extracurricular supplements mode yeah. you know, wow. 30 minutes plus right i'm mean, just like damn like or it was like 800 some like ridiculous wattage for like that long and again for people like that have tried a peloton or you're like, oh man, that's insane. Like I can't even hit that for one second. Um, no, I think that's sincerely, I think that's my sprints. I think those are my like 20 second output sprints. So I, I can't, I can't, I don't even know what that means to hold that for like an actual, like in the saddle. That, that's crazy. Yeah. Like that is so crazy. Um, I do have a, a Garmin, which does a lot more of the distance type metrics. Uh, it'll give you like, uh, you know, direct speed calculations. It'll give you direct elevation calculations. It'll give you direct mileage per day. And I, I am going to include that at the end of every single Instagram day for, for the super nerds out there who want to see the metrics. So I'm going to try so hard, uh, so hard for everybody to be able to get involved and get what you want out of it. You know, some people have told me they just want to see the food that I eat. And I'm like, cool, I'll totally show you that. Some people, like you just said, the super nerds want to see, uh, get down to the exact mileage and we're going to bring that too. So yeah, I have a Garmin 520 Edge. Uh, it does a lot of those things for me and I'll make sure and get those, uh, get those stats up every day as well. Cool. Yeah, that's fun. Any like nutritional metabolism markers? Again, just this is like the scientist in me being like, oh, VO2 max cross like lactate threshold, ketones, glucose. I mean, that's like, like oh, it's almost turning to you into a sinus experiment, which is probably not the scope here and you don't want to be carrying all the equipment. But any like any consideration on that from in terms of the physiology? So no, only because it's 
intricately involved in the actual byproducts and measurements. And I'd probably have to stop at some labs along the way, right? Which I did not do anything of before. But I'll tell you something that I did do was blood work before I left. And I'm going to get blood work done after just because I'm super curious on every biomarker that you could possibly think of. Like, I want to see what happened to everything from like, literally just like weight to cholesterol to any like vitamin levels to... I forget what else I got tested, but it's all in one big workup. And I'm going to have the exact same blood marker workup done after uh, just because I think that'd be a super cool uh, kind of dictation of what the human body can do and how much it can change in a, a really quick elevated time frame. Yeah, that, that'll be interesting. Definitely when we do the post-celebration finish, let's, I would love to just like walk through some of those metrics when we have you back on. Me too. I'm excited to see what we have. Uh, I've talked to a couple CrossFit coaches who are... Um, you know, just, just body mass, just muscle mass, what that's going to do to kind of my kidney elevation levels and, uh, you know, the amount of catabolic muscle breakdown that I might have from some of that upper body. They want to see what that does to my kidney levels, for instance. So some of that nerdy stuff is going to be super interesting to see at the end of it. Yeah. I mean, I think just even something like C-reactive protein, which is a, you know, a common inflammation marker, yeah. right? Like are you going to be putting yourself in a place where your body is not recovering and you're just going to be like, like a little bit more inflamed or do you just adapt so much to that level where you're just like pristinely healthy and you're just able to handle 80 mile days, no problem, which is uh, physiologically very possible, right? Like ancestral hunter gatherer humans were basically always on their feet hunting and doing endurance hunts. And can we get back to our like physical greatness of our ancestors? Uh, I think this would be interesting questions that, that have you help answer. Yeah. You know, I'm excited to kind of put a spotlight on human performance in general. Like, remember, I, I am not a cyclist. This is going to be a super fun test, not only mentally, but just to see what the body can endure. And this is going to be subpar sleeping situations. This is going to be, uh, you know, truly not 100% rested. Try my hardest, but I don't know if anybody gets their best sleep in a tent. So, um, you know, this is going to be Seriously, just kind of a fun journey, metabolically, physically, emotionally, mentally, and everything in between, which I think is kind of why it is such a cool storyline in general. Yeah. So what's the best way to support? Obviously, we have to like everyone follow the TikTok, the Instagram, you know, check out the route. And if you're a cyclist, join Greg on the route. But I know that you're taking donations, just no, I mean, for the cause here, obviously, this is beyond just like supporting again, just the project, but like awareness on cancer and everything we can do to speaking towards like just helping build, rebuild the tapestry of America, I think is like a nice double mission in terms of just the cancer and the, and the health side, as well as like the cultural side. How do people donate? You know, what are the key things that, you know, our audience, our community can support you with? Yeah. Thank you for giving me kind of this, this second to kind of get back to how usacancercycle.com. We tried to make donating a, a couple different ways, but very easy on both of them. So I always said that if everybody sees the website and hears about this project, donates a single dollar, that we will reach our goal of a hundred thousand dollars for charity. So uh, I, I genuinely still believe that. So if you can make any donation possible, even if it's a single dollar, it really does matter. Another cool option that we provided was for corporate entities and companies themselves to get involved. So for instance, if your family uh, lost somebody to cancer and you want to take a second to elevate them, uh, we're going to shout people out daily with their stories. Uh, it's $100 and it's you can sponsor a day uh, and you get to tell a little bit a little bit about your story of how cancer has affected your family directly or if you've lost a relative or you have somebody battling currently. I want to hear about that. I want to make you part of the story. I want to make this a 
national platform where you get to share your experiences and I get to tell about them. And then, uh, like I said, if you're a company that has some of those dollars to give to nonprofits, uh, we are a 501c3 legal company. It is a tax write-off for some of those bigger donations. So anybody and everybody that wants to get involved can get involved on the donation portal. We tried to make it super simple for everybody. But again, yes, the, the word of mouth, the sharing with networks, the telling people what's going on. It's even just sending it to your family and being like, hey, can you take five minutes to check this kid out? It's pretty cool what he's doing. I'd love for you to spread it to your networks. Sharing with your own networks and having it go from there is how viral uh, moments and viral experiences happen. So this is one of the days that we really want to make a national platform. And if everybody could take just a couple minutes to either donate or share, it means so much more than you know. So I'm going to hit it one more time uh, just so to end on it. It's usacancercycle.com. We do have an Instagram, a TikTok, a Facebook group, and the website, and they're all called USA Cancer Cycle. So we tried to make it easy for everybody to have some fun and follow along on this thing. Greg, awesome. I, I'm going to follow up and personally donate and personally support here. So we'll, we'll follow up on that on, on the side. But dude, inspiring, fun conversation. Like definitely we'll have to have you back on once you come through the other side. And hopefully we'll have our friends and our community members We'll do you know a section of the of the route with you? So you've gone above and beyond in having me on. Uh, I want you to know uh, to your entire team, thank you for everything that you guys are doing, just kind of broadening the experiences and the possibilities of what uh, you know the fitness performance level and environment can be. I want to appreciate uh, my friend Max for getting me to connect here, and Jeff, you've really gone above and beyond of having me on, making me feel welcome, and giving me this moment to kind of bring uh, my platform to your network. And it's uh, it's been a super cool experience. I appreciate you sincerely. No, likewise. All right, Greg. Yeah, Godspeed. Stay safe out there and we'll see you on the other side. All right. Thanks, man. Peace.